This episode of Wishers Breakaway is brought to you by my flu game. I currently have 103 fever. Here we go. And also our Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for supporting us and giving me the power to do this podcast every single Tuesday for the last, I don't know how many Tuesdays at this point. Okay. Big show. Uh, Greg starts breaking up a little bit in the middle. We try and fix it and switch some things up. I think it ends up okay. All right. One, two, three, four, seven. Here we go. Hey, Bruce Breakaway fans. Welcome to another week of the Breakaway. I am your host, Flu Mead, and I'm with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. Top of my head is on fire. Because you stood in the sun? Yeah. So you're, wait, just to bring this around town. So I have the chills because I have the flu, and the top of your head is on fire. Mm. So this on podcast fire. is now a song of fire and ice. Ah. I got there. I got there. Hey. Full circle. Uh, welcome to another week of the uh, number one Rangers podcast. This week we'll be talking about questions we took from Reddit and some uh, also one five-star question of the week, which we'll get to in a second. But first, Greg, I wanted to talk about um, my lord and savior, and his name is Capo Caco. Have you heard of him? Uh, I've read. I've read some materials. He's a good-looking guy, about 18 for three months. You know, I don't like him young, but... This guy is something special, and he's now won the U18, the U20, and the World Championship uh, on a team that had no NHL players. Is that one of, like, the biggest upsets? And, I mean, I know those guys aren't playing, like, to the full extent that they could play at at, at high levels, um, but is that, like, one of the biggest upsets in, like, sports history of the last 10 years? Um, I'd say so. The thing I equate it to the most, uh, and unlike Iceland soccer, um, it's it's not that it's easier to win worlds when you're Finland, but I mean there are less teams involved, so it's it's a little different. But no continent probably has as competitive a field as European soccer does, mm-hmm. and the fact that Iceland, a country of, I think the Men and Blazers, uh, the comparison they like to use is Iceland's the same size as Corpus Christi, Texas. That's insane. And th- that country has excelled at soccer over the last two plus years. Um, so that that's the level it's on. It, it's it's incredible what Finland did, and it's these tournaments are different compared to other tournaments because it's it's on the heels of the NHL season. All these we we can come up with excuses why some teams aren't, you know, they don't have their best rosters there and everything, but it doesn't diminish the fact what Finland did. Finland shouldn't have beaten Russia. They shouldn't have beaten Canada, but. Look, got to say, uh, really love the beginning of Elaine Vigneault's second tenure as a head coach. Oh, it's really, it's going, it's, it's going as well as I could have hoped. So good. I mean, choking in the finals at a one nothing against a team that has no NHL players. You got to love it. I mean, and gotta there was a lot of flyer turmoil there. It's going to be a great year. I can't wait. Got to love it. Um, would you like to get to questions now or should we talk about Mr. Davidson? I feel like we're going to cover him in questions. I feel like we're covering him in questions. Okay. Uh, If we miss it, we'll come back. Not a big deal. Uh, Stick with me, uh, everyone. Again, I want to point out, I'm not all here. Now, normally... Well, well, speaking of which, you you know this is the second podcast we've done since Davidson became president. Yes, but he he was introduced last week. Oh, eh. Did we really learn? I mean, we'll we'll go over the... I guess this was the question we didn't didn't have. Did we learn some things? Yeah, we'll go into it. There's a question about it. Uh, All right, fine. Uh, so, awesome podcast. This guy is named Jadulos. He says, yes, my username is not as misspelling. It's from Karak. But it's not a country. I googled It's an American novelist. And it definitely said that wrong. I'll let you figure out the rest, he says. Or she says. Anyway, still digging the pod and tuning in every week. Being my second five-star review, I'm going to squeeze in two questions. Uh, and I'd be interested in your thoughts. If and when we do sign Panarin, it would be Quinn's first high-value marquee player on, on a roster. Added to how he got uh, added. Pretty much he's saying he's the first Marky guy, would it be a problem if we Quinbind Panarin? Would that ever be possible? Do you think Quinn's tough love style meshes up with Panarin? I guess that's what he's saying. I, I think it. I think it would. I mean, we're talking about Artemi Panarin, who the last two years has played under John Tortorella. Can you think of a more tough love coach than John Tortorella? No, I can't. And that was my first thought when I read this question. Was that. It feels like he didn't mind playing for Torts. Yes, he's leaving, but that feels more like Columbus Blue Jackets than it feels for Torts. Yeah, he excelled under Torts. I don't think we're not having this conversation about Artemi Panarin if his play style didn't mesh with Torts. We'd have 
how many the fact that we haven't read a story of Artemi Panarin difficult to coach, Artemi Panarin moody player, Artemi Panarin uh, just any kind of we've never heard a negative story about Artemi Panarin, and it's not like the Columbus Blue Jackets are without really good beat reporters. We've had Aaron Portsline on this podcast, Allison Lucan, Tom Reed's a fantastic writer. The Columbus beat is surprisingly deep and talented. If there was a negative Artemi Panarin story out there, we would have heard it. Hot take. We've heard of, no, no, we, no we've shots fired about here. Bobrovsky. No shots fired here at Rick, but like the, the beat for the Columbus Blue Jackets is like deeper than the Rangers. It's, like, it's incredibly deep. Yeah. And just, and again, it, it's not like they're a, a, a beat that just goes over everything with a brush and pushes things aside. We've heard stories about Sergei Bobrovsky. There has been controversy about Sergei Bobrovsky. Is there, if there was a negative story to write about Artemi Panarin, we would have heard it. Those guys are really good. So I just, I, I'm not really worried at all, I guess, is the, is the question. And I mean, it's not like Zibanejad had a game in the Quinn bin. Zibanejad flourished under Quinn. Quinn doesn't Quinn bin everybody. He Quinn bins the guys he feels like need to be or will benefit from a night off. So I, I don't think we have much to worry about on the Panarin front there. We do not. Uh, the next question from this person, it says, this may require a bit of reflection, but do you really honestly think Quinn is the coach to bring a cup to New York? I'm a supporter of Quinn. And he's been terrific at developing our kids, and regular season success doesn't necessarily mean the same in the playoffs. What if he can't get us there, but never make it over the hump? What if he can get us there, but never make it over the hump, rather? Sorry. It's it's difficult, um, because I do think David Quinn is the best guy for the job right now. Maybe, it's hard to say the best guy. I, I put my hand up and readily admitted that I'm just not familiar with other coaching styles and coaching prospects to really know the difference between someone like David Quinn and Sheldon Keefe. We were big Sheldon Keefe boys last year. Well, I still am, by the way. Yeah, and it just it, – I just think Quinn is the kind of coach you want with a young roster. The question that we'll have about Quinn is when the Rangers roster gets a little bit older, and it will happen. He signed a five-year deal. The Rangers, for those five years, will not always have a roster as young as they had last year. Even if they sign just Panarin, the roster is still very young. But in three years, we're going to need to know if David Quinn can lead a team in the playoffs by then. If if the answer is no, then the Rangers will make a move. They're not afraid to. But I, it's a tough question just because I don't. I still we don't know what this roster is going to look like when the New York Rangers are ready to make a deep run. So I. David Quinn's the perfect guy for this roster. I don't know if he'll grow with the roster. I sure hope he does. Uh, that's the question I think that needs to be answered with him moving forward. A couple thoughts. We just watched Elaine Vigneault get hired by Philly. We've watched mm. other coaches get recycled and rehired pretty much everywhere. The Raiders went mm-hmm. off the board with David Quinn. Yes, he's an established man. He He worked at BC. He has a lot of connections with Boston hockey and American hockey in general. He's coaching a bunch of Russians. I like that they went off the board with David Quinn. I think he could get over the hump. But the, the problem with that is, and this is what's so painful about sports, Greg, only one team wins every year. Yeah. And, and it's usually Boston. And I got to say, I'm fucking sick of it. But on, on top of that, with the winning of once every year, when you do eventually win, it's the sweetest feeling. Unless you're the Golden State Warriors, when you win every single year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When the Rangers do eventually, and hopefully win a cup during my lifetime if I survive this flu, it will be a top five moment of my life. Probably. I mean, really, seriously. And for the fact that we only get one champion every year, um, that might not be Quinn's fault. He might be totally capable of bringing this team over the hump. But sometimes he's running, running the puck luck. You saw the Rangers play the Kings. And they had the worst puck luck in finals history. I will never forget, and I've probably brought this up in the podcast a million times, Chris Kreider hitting the crossbar. Like uh, three times, it it just it still haunts me. There's a few things in Rocky and Rangers land that still haunt me, and that's one of them. And puck luck is a factor, and we'll see if that. It, it might not be Quinn's fault, but I do feel like he's capable of saying that in a long winded way. Yeah, and as much as we've given Elaine Vino in the past, it's not like Elaine Vino really could have done anything differently in that King series that we look back and say, well, if a like with the Senator series, we have moments where we can say all Elaine Vino has to do is not what he did 
and it changes the outcome of the series. But with the with the Stanley Cup run that he went on, it's not that he was flawless, but that's probably the highest percentile outcome possible with an Elaine Vigneault team. And he was probably the right guy for that team. He was. The thing that changed with Vigneault is he, he stopped being the right guy. And I don't think his play style works in the modern NHL. And we're going to... We're going to see it firsthand in Philly. Trust me, the, I'm going to watch more Flyers games this year than I ever have before just because I, I just want to see what happens with that roster. Let's go to our Reddit questions. I'm going to try to jump around here, everyone. So if I read a question twice, please yell at me, Greg. I, I'm going to be happy to. Perfect. Espina25, with the logjet building at defense and the possibility of Eric Carlson, it's becoming clear that the one, two defensemen are, are, are on their way out. Who do you want them to be? Or one or two defensemen are on their way out. Who do you want them to be? And who do you think they actually will be? Um, the easy answer, one, is Pionk. Yep. We, I, I think it's universal that we all want him out. The second, in my mind, is still Stahl, just because what he does for you is so limited that, it, it one, is not worth the money, and two, is not worth trying to get maximum Stahl out of it because it just it, it clogs up everything you want to do. Um, I readily admit I don't think those are the two that are going to go. Uh, I think Smith is the obvious one. I We've talked about this before. I liked the role the Rangers carved out for Brendan Smith in the second half of the season. I, it was creative. It was different. It was something that made him valuable again in my mind. The problem is he's still not worth the price tag the Rangers are going to pay. And while the Rangers do have a lot of cap room, if the Rangers want to do everything they want to do this offseason – you have to create even more cap room. So I think Brendan Smith will be the sacrifice this year. And I, the longer we go in this offseason, the more confident I become that the Rangers are going to move Kevin Shattaker. Boy. And it's not something I necessarily agree with. I, I, I feel like if you listen to this podcast, you know where Ryan and I stand on Kevin Shattenkirk at this point in time. I think he's a very good defenseman when properly utilized can be a good defenseman on a playoff team, a top four defenseman on a playoff team. I just think the Rangers, it, it sounds like the Rangers have seen enough. And it's concerning because if, if David Quinn says he's cool with Kevin Shattenkirk not being on his roster next year, that's a weird stance to take when you hired literally his college coach yeah. and a guy who was involved in his wedding. But maybe, maybe some of it could just be, we're close with Rick. We know Rick doesn't like Kevin Shattenkirk's game. Larry Brooks Larry certainly doesn't, either doesn't like Kevin, Shatten- Kevin Shattenkirk's game. So it it might just be the fact that two of the loudest voices on the Rangers beat straight up don't like the guy's game. And maybe we're just reading into that. But it 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 it, it, it is getting to a point where it feels like the Rangers are ready to move on from Shattenkirk. And all I'm going to say is I hope they get it right. That, that's really it. I agree. Uh, I, I I think I agree with everything you just said in general. I don't want Neil Pionk staying, especially at a contract what Evolving Wild said might be 3.5 to 4.5. That sounds like a nightmare. Uh, nothing about that feels good. Uh, I don't know. Do we want to talk about the Brock Nelson contract real quick? Um, just happy. it. Well, we'll talk. We have a couple Kevin Hayes questions. We'll okay. talk about Brock Nelson then. That's fine. Uh, I, I think Shattenkirk might get traded, but it's just such a weird situation, as you said. That guy was literally in his wedding. Like was in the groom's party. That's insane. And to trade that guy, I guess it's just business at the end of the day, and maybe he's forced to understand. But uh, I don't think the Shattenkirk tenure as a New York Ranger could have gone worse, really. I think the only way he could have gone worse is if he seriously hurt himself and never played at all. All right. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know if I 100... I, I understand the sentiment you're saying behind that. Um, I just... I don't know what else you wanted out of Kevin Shattenkirk at the end of the day. I think we got what Kevin Shattenkirk, bar- with it, with the injury in mind, I think we got everything we bargained for with Kevin Shattenkirk. And somewhere along the lines, people just decided that's not what they wanted anymore. I still disagree. I feel like he's a totally different player from what he was. Um, and just has lost a step, and then that changes the game entirely. And that's just it. It's not his fault. The knee injury is what, what it is. Can't recover from it. It's tough. Uh, all right, next. Ursha 3. Ursha, or Ursha 3. Simple. Who do you have winning the cup? Boston, but I want the Blues. Yeah, it, it, it feels like it's Boston's cup to lose. 
it's uh, it's miserable. I really the Blues are on a hot streak right now, and obviously they're playing out of their minds. I just think Boston's just so goddamn talented. I, think it's uh, I will say game. though, um, saw this on Twitter today. The last time the NHL draft was held in Vancouver, Jeff Gordon traded for Tuka Rask and drafted Phil Kessel, Milan Lucic, and Brad Marchand. That feels good. Let's do that. Um, Ursha three also asks. Uh, we need a nickname for Scorn to use in case he falls to number two. I, think I just think it's Scorn Jack Hughes. I'm just gonna be. He's gonna. He's a SJH. Hell hath no fury like Jack Hughes Scorned. Uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, it's gonna be. We're not gonna actually. We'll get to that. We're not gonna actually get him, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> or do we call him Jack Twos? <laughs> I like Jack Twos. Um, that's pretty good. Do you th- uh, Pesto Grillin? Do you think that the hiring of JD, uh, that the Rangers, do you think with the hiring of JD, that the Rangers will be more patient with their rebuild as he's done with St. Louis or Columbus? Or fast track with Panarin plus Truba? Bonus question. Any uh, other name you haven't talked about so much in the podcast like Subban would be appealing? Would, would any name like that be appealing? Thanks. Love the podcast. Well, first on the JD question, um, we have to remember the situations he was inheriting in St. Louis and Columbus are just vastly different from the one he inherits here. J.D. started the rebuilds in St. Louis and Columbus because he had to. Uh, he, in, he inherited twice teams that were at the lowest points of their franchise history and had to build them back up. Uh, he's already coming into a situation where the, the Rangers have an 18-month head start on what he had to deal with in St. Louis and with the Blue Jackets. So I don't think it's a matter of being more patient I think the lesson we can take from his introductory press conference is we've heard a lot of talk about the Rangers being willing to speed up the process. Uh, What I took away from JD is if the Rangers choose to speed up the process, it's not because Davidson is telling them to, it's because Davidson is buying into the plan that Gordon is selling. Right. So I, I don't know if he needs to be, I don't think it's a case of asking to be more patient. Um, I think you and I are in complete agreement that if the Rangers do not get Panarin, we don't want them to do much of anything this offseason. We'd really Panarin really is the only piece that moves the needle a significant way for me on the free agent front that I I get nervous of the Rangers buying in the contracts they will soon regret if it's not Panarin. Um I would much but rather I, I don't think yeah, I don't, I just don't think anything from Davidson's pressers said oh, the Rangers are going to pump the brakes. I think it was more of Davidson saying, if patience is what this front office deems necessary, patient is what we're going to be. Uh, okay. With me, I guess I'd rather take on a contract for assets. Someone like Ryan Callahan, something like that. Sure. Where, sure. where I think we could be creative and, and take the rebuild one or two more years. Yes, it sucks for us as fans. And yes, I would like to have Panarin, but... I think it's Panarin's choice if he wants to come here or not, and the rumors lately have not been the case. We've heard more. We've heard more of Eric Carlson. We're going to get to that in a second, but Panarin might be not be in play for us, and we'll see uh, in, the, in the coming weeks. But uh, yikes, it's not great. Next question is Lester two four four two two years for thirty million dollars for Carlson this offseason. Who says no? Um, probably Carlson. Definitely I think, Carlson. I, yeah, I. The vibe I get from Carlson, and this is just as a guy who watches hockey, is basically that guy wants some stability. I don't think he wants to – he doesn't want to be on four teams in five years. I think in Carlson's mindset, his next contract might be his last contract. So I I don't think a guy who has had as many injury issues as Carlson had, he doesn't benefit from only getting two years. Like – Obviously, it's hard to walk away from $15 million annually over two years. That's the rest of your life type money. Yep. But at, speaking from one, uh, he's going to get $30 million plus guaranteed over however long his contract will be. So that money's coming no matter what. I just don't think Carlson would benefit from signing a two-year deal. Thing with him is he's gonna want seven years. We've watched his foot deteriorate. We watch his ankle deteriorate. We watch him in the playoffs deteriorate. He's gonna want seven years. He wants the stability. There's no way he's coming here. But but would I be surprised if the Rangers do it? No. But it's like my biggest yeah. fear. But not not just not just will Carlson want seven years. This is the NHL. 
someone's going to give him seven years. This isn't, it's completely different looking at basketball, obviously. The terms are much shorter for free agents because those that's what the CBA dictates. In baseball, you don't see lo- big long-term deals anymore because the game has gotten to a point where it understands most long-term free agent contracts are bad investments. In hockey, it's the Wild Wild West. James Neal signed a six-year deal. Didn't play in the playoffs. All, last offseason. You think these GMs have learned anything? They haven't learned anything. Carlson will 100% get a seven-year deal from multiple teams this offseason. So I I don't think he needs to settle for two years. Those deals are going to be there for him. I just hope it's not us. I really do. I I think that would be a very sad podcast. I, I couldn't be more upset about getting a superstar. Is that weird? Like, I don't know. It feels like it, be, it, it feels like getting Kumba Walker somewhere, you know? Yeah, I I said this last week, and I'll I'll just say it again. I'm not going to know how I feel about an Eric Eric Carlson contract until the day he signs. That I understand all the points against. I understand all the points for, and I couldn't be more on the fence, unsure of my opinion until I see the. I need to see the big picture. I need to see what his signing means for everything else. Next question from Joe Far. Honestly, I just want to hear more about you slash Kako. Pros and cons. Does Finland winning the World Cup affect Kako's stock? We've touched on this before. Uh, the, the short answer is no. I think 98% of the scouting work on Hughes and Kako was done before this tournament. Obviously, you can account for performance shifts in this tournament for both players. But I, I, I think... What we already knew about Hughes and Kako hasn't changed much now that the tournament is over. It makes me feel even better being a Ranger fan, knowing that I'm getting one of these two guys. But I think whoever the Devils had at number one before this tournament is who they have at number one now. They even tweeted out last week, like, just because Hughes has a down tournament it doesn't mean he's not the best player. Like, they tweeted it from their main account. So I'm yes. I'm certainly not worried at all. Capo Kako, uh, phrase B, will be our the next... Uh, New York Ranger, great. And people took shit on me from that last week. I was being, I was being a satire man. I'm sorry. Oh, God, I'm so sick. All right. Uh, yes, satire man. Uh, Matt, Matt, ninety three. Okay, let's say the Devils take Kako. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're pretty much forced to say you snooze, you use at that point. Or did you have something better in mind? Nope, I didn't. <laughs> no. Uh, if the New York Ranger won everything, the Rangers have put out, be it on air or online says they're taking whoever the devils don't take. This isn't a situation where we, you need us to tell you about Alex Turcott or Kirby doc or any of those guys. It, it doesn't make sense for us to explain it to you because they're not doing it. They've said it themselves. We're good. Whoever the devils don't take Hughes or Kako, that guy's going to the Rangers at two. I would bet all of my money and all of Ryan's money on that decision. And, and I would give a permission, which is the only time that would happen. So I, I believe that too. Yeah, no, it's true. I, I, I think there's absolutely 0% chance that Jack Hughes would fall past two. Like, it would be an ass. He could walk down the stairs and tear both his ACLs tomorrow. He'd go too. <laughs> and let me, let me put it this way. If the Rangers, for whatever reason, whatever insanity that they have, that they don't want Hughes at two, if they don't trade that draft pick, I will be the angriest person in the world. Yeah, because that draft pick would be so goddamn valuable. How many firsts could you get for Jack Hughes? It has to be like five. Well, just just imagine if the Rangers all of us, if Kako goes one, mm-hmm. the Rangers have the second pick, and the Canucks are like, look, we want the Hughes brothers together. And the Rangers don't go, cool, give us Elias Peterson, and, we're, and then we're done. Yeah. I don't know if I'd do that. Oh, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Would you? Yes. Hmm. I don't know if I would. That's even close though, for me. I would need a first though, or two, as weird as that sounds. Even though there's a possibility Hughes, Hughes' ceiling is higher than Pedersen's, there's still a baseline working NHL knowledge with Pedersen. The floor is much higher with him because we, we already know what I he is. I just think in a team like, like us where we're rebuilding, we're trying to win the cup and be a dynasty, you have to take the higher ceiling players. You have to. And yeah. that's why you would take Jack we're Hughes. We're talking about Elias Pedersen here. I'm we're not a, talking like... I know, like, I know he's not old. I'm aware of this. I just think Jack Hughes is probably the better prospect overall. I don't know. I think I do that. I do that trade 
without losing any sleep. In fact, if I lost sleep, it'd be because I'm so excited that the Rangers got Elias Patterson. Texas State Boy says, what are the odds Kevin Hayes comes back? I would love him back on a team-friendly deal. Boy, I'm sorry, Texas State Boy, because he's not coming back <laughs> yeah. for a team-friendly deal. Well, first thing first, the team-friendly deal just isn't happening. Bro- you mentioned Brock Nelson. I did. He got six by six That's to forego free agents. And overpay. Yes, because Brock Nelson on his best day is Kevin Hayes. So we're talking about a guy who has, I think, four 20-goal seasons to his credit, but this was the first time he posted higher than 50 points in a season. Hayes is going to use the Brock Nelson contract as, if you're not comfortable doing this, I'm not even coming to the table. And I would expect Hughes to, I mean, not Hughes, Hayes to get, I don't know, one at one million dollars more annually than Brock Nelson. You think he's getting over seven? at least the same amount of years? You think he's going seven by six? He's better than Brock Nelson. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, he his is. His baseline is now his base. We 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 had this discussion last year and this year, but with the Brock Nelson deal, it feels like Kevin Hayes' baseline now is like six and a half. I don't see a scenario where he gets less than six and a half. Well, all he has to do is point to Brock Nelson, right? Like, do you think I'm worse yeah. than this guy? Because I am way better than him. Yeah, exactly. And mm. teams are going to be hungry for centers. And if they swing and miss on Duchesne, then not a whole lot of centers left. So Hayes was always going to get a bump regardless. But now he's got this Brock Nelson contract to wave around the front offices and say, you got to pay me more than him. I'm better than him. And he has an argument. So, yeah, I... uh one, the team-friendly deal is not happening. And I was always cold on a Kevin Hayes reunion just because I don't, I never really felt like that was a guy you build your next great team with. He feels like, he's like, in this regard, he feels like Jeff Skinner, where he's a good investment for a team that is already in a position to win. But guys like Skinner and Hayes at this point in their careers just don't make sense for the New York Rangers because – the Rangers aren't at the point where Kevin Hayes can be a playoff piece for you because they're not a playoff team yet. They might be, maybe. Adding Kevin Hayes would not make the New York Rangers more likely to make the playoffs next year. It wouldn't make them more likely to win the cup either, which is your point of doing this rebuild. Your point of doing yes. the rebuild is to win the cup. We had Kevin Hayes last year. Just by surrounding him with a more young talent isn't going to push us over the edge. You only want no. players that can push you over the edge, which is Panarin. That's where we're at. Other than that, I'd rather build through the draft. I feel like we repeat ourselves, and I'm sorry. Uh, That's fine. Fan, uh, Phantom Inferno 7. Okay, hold on. My neighbors are doing fireworks. It's <laughs> daytime. It's 5.55 p.m. right now. My neighbors, every Memorial Day, have like a concert where they have old men just like jam out on guitars and sing like Freebird for like 27 minutes. And they're doing poppers and fireworks. It is light out. Get a life. All right. Um, for those for those asking, well, if you knew they were going to do this, Ryan, why didn't you record the podcast sooner? We would have, but I work in an industry that doesn't recognize holidays, so I still had to work today. Also, I was dead in bed, and I could not move too. until about 1 p.m. And I'm going straight back to bed after this. Yeah, uh, me too. A beautiful day. Wow. I'll never get to enjoy it. <laughs> okay, I'm dying. All right, Phantom Inferno 7. The Rangers have plenty of young prospects that have a shot at making it onto the team next season. Vitaly Krasnov, Keandre Miller, Adam Fox, Igor Shashukin, Rykov, Niels Lundqvist. Not to mention we still have a bunch selecting the upcoming draft, Kapokako, etc. Given this, which prospect do you think has the best chance to make the roster next season? Why do you think there's... Uh, who do you think needs more development before the Rangers call them up? I would be... As we stand here today on May 27th, 2019, it would surprise me if two of the three out of Vitaly Kravtsov, Kapokako, and Adam Fox didn't break camp with the New York Rangers to start the season. And if if I gun to my head, I'd say Fox maybe is the one who doesn't break camp with the Rangers because of the logjam they have defensively. But again, the first question we answered this week was, we expect the Rangers to move other defensemen on this roster. So there will be openings for Fox. Um, I don't think, I don't think Capo Caco has anything to prove in the AHL. I, you can make an argument that it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for Kravtsov to start the year in Hartford, to get used to North American ice. Um, 
And I think Adam Fox will break camp with the Rangers as long as there's a spot for him on the team. I, I just I, those three to me most likely. Uh, Miller, the Rangers aren't going to sign to the LC this year. He's going back to college. Um, Shesterkin, I think at this point in time, it's safe to assume he's starting the year in Hartford as the full-time starter as Georgiev gets the back or they get the share of duties in New York. Um, Lundqvist is coming over from Sweden this year. So I, 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 I would say those three, and I, I think you're going to be on the same line of thought as I am. I agree. Uh, and I think Adam Fox might be the one that gets sent down. I think Kravstov and Kako will make the team right away. I think there's no way they don't make the team. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I'd also, I'd also say um, we didn't mention specifically Lieber Hayek. I'd be stunned if he goes back to Hartford because the Rangers front office saw him struggle in Hartford and then immediately come up to New York and play his best hockey of the year. Um, one of the questions we didn't get asked – but we'll just continue to reiterate. Maybe the most important decision the Rangers have to make this offseason is what they want to do with the Hartford coaching staff. Uh, it clearly failed them last year, and it's been failing them for a number of years. So they have to do some wholesale organizational changes down there, and it sounds like they're ready to. But uh, I, I do think enough defensemen are going to get moved this offseason where Lieber Hayek is one of your starting defensemen on opening night. Agree. Uh, also, sorry, everyone. My internet's been totally to shit today. I know Greg was breaking up there a little bit, but I called Optimum already twice, and everything has gone wrong today. So it wasn't too bad, but I want to apologize in advance. All right. Uh, yeah, you did. Well, I sounded great on my end. You had no idea, but I, you know. Uh, Croup62. Other times when adjustments have been made for the salary cap and labor negotiations, there were compliance buyouts afterwards to allow teams to get out from, some, out from under some contracts that they didn't fit the new model. With the bigger... With the player's biggest complaint being money is escrowed until, this is too much good words, uh, escrowed until the final revenue numbers come in. It is likely there will be some kind of adjustment to the cap in the next CBA to reduce the escrow. Could the Rangers' rumored interest in signing Carlson be because they are confident that they'll have a buyout, pretty much? The short answer is no. I, I don't think any NHL team is going to sign a contract this offseason with the mindset of I'm going to be able to buy this contract out in two years. Uh, I think the if the reason why the Rangers would want to sign Eric Carlson to a four or five year or six year deal is because they want Eric Carlson on the Rangers for four or five or six years. Um, I think it's bad business practice to assume you're going to be able to have the buyout because what happens if you don't? It's sure the odds are that a compliance buyout will likely be part of the next CBA negotiations in order for teams to adjust to the new cap life. But there's also the opportunity that it isn't because if you're a player and you know, this compliance buyout might be looming, it's something they can fight against. So I, it would be, it would be unwise to sign a player to a long-term deal that you don't want on your team for that entire term. So I, I personally want to do it. I don't think the New York Rangers would do it. I would the Rangers benefit from it? Yes, but I, I don't think that's going to be a negotiating tactic in their mind where they cave on an extra year or two for Carlson because in their head they're like, years three through seven on this deal don't mean anything because we'll have the buyout. I do feel like the Washington Capitals signed a TJ Oshie for eight years to buy him out. I still feel that way. Um, maybe that's not the I, case. But Yeah, I still feel like the Capitals did that just because – the Capitals aren't as smart as some people give them credit for. Hmm. It's the same team that same team that extended Brooks Orpik on a very long term deal. I, I, I think I think it's a good point by Croup uh, sixty two. I think there's a chance the Rangers are, are thinking that, but I mean Carlson would probably be happy. He'd get a bunch of money. He'd be fine. You get paid twice. Uh, Super Dad o two o six. What's the difference? Uh, what's the difference JD brings to the table? How does his style and approach contrast with Sather? Well. Good news. We have a whole podcast on this, and it's from last week. But also, um, pretty much, they do the same deal, right? They uh, they bring a soothing voice to the organization that allows someone to handle James Dolan and hockey operations to go smoothly. Did I summar- summary that well? On top of that, though, there so they'll do, they'll have that in common. But Davidson, in his interview with Michael K, did say some interesting things about how. It's going to be his job to 
use the Rangers' financial might in ways that doesn't directly affect roster construction. Like, it's not about spending the most on players. But he did mention stuff like if the analytics department needs an expansion, that's something that he will 100% do. Uh, His words were Dolan basically gave him the checkbook, and it's Davidson's responsibility to use it in the best interest of the franchise. Um, And I think that will be a big difference between Davidson and Sather because it definitely felt like at a certain point in time, Sather retired without retiring. Um, Yes, there were things Jeff Gordon was proposing that if Sather said no to, it wouldn't have been done. But I also think Gordon's been basically running ship for probably the last three years with minimal influence of Glenn Sather. Uh, I do think Davidson's going to have more of a hand on the front office. But at the same time, his most important role is making sure James Dolan is happy. And I think he's more than qualified in doing that. I like James Dolan more and more every day. Woody Sweat says, what are the chances Dallas signs Zuccarello? I'd say somewhere between 85 and 100% chance. Wow. You think it's that high? Yes. Hmm. I do feel like he... he made his mark similar to how Kawhi's made his mark on Toronto. No, I don't know if Kawhi will stay in Toronto, but Zook with Dallas uh, does feel strong. I re- it really does. Like they, they don't want to lose that guy who got them as far as he did. Right. Right. And he provided and a another, lot of different offense for them. That's another team that feels like they're super close to Stanley cup contention. And they might be thinking their thinking might be if we don't re-sign Zook, we're just going to have to trade this 2020 first round pick for somebody else. And we already know that Zook works in our system. So why not, why not trade for the veteran winger who helps our scoring in the off season and not have to worry about it at the deadline? Right. I think there's a good chance he signs and that would be great for us. I'll tell you that. Um, it'd, be, it'd be fantastic. Make it nationally 61 says, what do our defensive pairings look like at the start of the season? Outside of Panarin, who who are the guy you want to sign and see them fitting on our current roster? Uh, would you rather live in a world where the Rangers passed on using Kako or a world where Avengers Endgame was more disappointing than Game of Thrones? Wow. Um, I'm fine with Avengers Endgame uh, being terrible if we get Capo Kako. I just want to make that super clear. <laughs> yeah, but we know it's not terrible. Yeah, I don't live in that world, which is great news, Mikadashi. Thanks for writing in. Um, defensive pairings we sort of talked about a little bit. Uh, did we? Maybe we didn't. Uh, I don't think we've ever put names next to each other. Okay. Um, my guess is the Rangers are going to run back Stall and D'Angelo because they saw something there that they liked. My guess is they're going to put Shea. Shea Shattenkirk makes sense, but if we live in a world where Shattenkirk isn't a New York Ranger, we might we might see Shea Fox and then have Hayek Pionk as the third pairing. Uh, I think that's possible. Yeah. I'm not happy with it. It's young, at least. Yeah, I mean, it's the best of a bad situation. Obviously, say the Rangers do something extravagant and trade for Truba. That's who I would put with uh, Mr. Shea, and I would move Fox down to the Hayek pairing. If the Rangers sign Carlson... Hayek probably isn't on the team if the Rangers sign Carlson. And I think you'd get – I would be interested to see Carlson D'Angelo and then have Shea with Fox still. And Jesus Christ, if I, if I see Stahl Pionk one more time, I'll go nuts. Yeah, that um, feels like it's inevitable, doesn't it? It kind of does. Hmm. All right. Yeah, uh, not great. Not great is what it, at the end of the day what it comes down to. Emily M34 says thoughts on everything happened with women's hockey and the hashtag for the game. I'm a big supporter of women's hockey, but not 100% sure the boycott is the best move. Thanks guys. Love the podcast. This is a, such a touchy subject and hard to go around, right? I mean, it's, it's difficult because there's a case where nobody's wrong here, right? I 100% support and understand why some of the players are boycotting. Sometimes the only way to get what you want is by making a stand and, if you continue to play under a system you feel is unjust, just saying the system is unjust isn't enough to get change to happen. At the same time, I 100% understand the players that want to keep playing. 
because they feel like this is their opportunity to grow the game through exposure. And that makes perfect sense to me too. If you get more people watching women's hockey, more people will support doing more for women's hockey. So it, it's, it's definitely a slippery slope. If, uh, I don't know, if it was me, I'm trying to think of what I would do in that situation. It's, it's really difficult. Um, I think the boycott is good because it's getting us to talk about it more. But I also think the boycott hurts because we live in a world now where NHL teams and NHL ownerships don't feel the current NWHL is viable. So they've backed out. The Pagulas no longer own the save, uh, the Buffalo team. The Devils don't have a partnership with the Riveters. And I expect as soon as the Stanley Cup final is over, the Boston Bruins won't have a partnership with the Boston um, Boston Pride. So it's if it it's one of those things where it sucks to say this, but if it ends up getting a more centralized women's hockey league, then it's a good thing. But I I think you have to take into account that the boycott prohibited the league adding two Canadian teams like they said they would this year. Yeah, uh, they're not expanding anymore. They're getting they're not getting any more funding. So I let me put it this way. I hope it's work. I hope it's worth it. And I hope it works because we both support the women's game. We both think it's fantastic. We've been to Riveters games. It's a really fun experience. I don't want that to go away. I am worried that it might go away. It's reasonable. It. Yeah. Uh, I'm not as knowledgeable despite doing the podcast uh, with a couple different people from the Riveters. I think the situation is very sticky and maybe the money just isn't there. Unfortunately, as you can tell by the teams that are backing out, um, they don't want to support anymore. Maybe part of that's because of the boycott. Maybe part of that's because they don't feel like they can make money off of it. But I think it's the right thing for the players to do to boycott it because maybe it hurts their chances. But if it doesn't, it could be a big breakthrough for them. That's kind of where I stand. Yeah. All right. RT Gold says, do you think the Rangers need a physical player? I miss having a guy like McGrath or Klein in the back end. I don't want a goon, but rather someone whose physical element to the game. That's Lemieux. Yeah, and I don't necessarily think you need like three Brandon Lemieux. This is something that's been floating around on hockey Twitter the last couple of days, where old hockey writers are saying, "Look at the look at the Blues and the Bruins. They both play hard hitting styles. That's it's almost like they're ignoring the fact that guys like Brad Marchand." also score 70 points a season or Patrice Bergeron is one of the best two-way hockey players in the league. And there's a reason why the Bruins are really good. It, it like ignores the fact that you have guys like Tarasenko, who isn't the biggest guy in the world that is excelling at a critical time for the blues or Tori Krug, who isn't this big brute of a defensive presence like Zdeno Chara, but he puts up 50 plus points a season and can dictate an offense through the blue line. It's, it's a balance of – it's not even a balance of the two. It's just you got to have really good hockey players. And the Boston Bruins have really good hockey players. It just so happens that two of those really good hockey players are Zdeno Chara, who's a literal NBA center playing defense, yep. and Brad Marchand, who is a pest, the very definition of the term pest. So it's, I don't think the Rangers need, quote-unquote, tough players. The Rangers just need good players. And if the good players happen to have – a Brad Marchand mentality. Cool. Fine. Whatever. That's great. I don't think that's a, that's not a key ingredient to building a winning team. The only thing that's key in there is Brad Marchand is one of the 50 best hockey players in the NHL. That's the only thing that matters. Whatever he does, whatever his antics are. 50 is probably low. He's probably top 20. If top 10, probably maybe. maybe. I don't know about top 10. That gets into it. That opens up a whole can of worms. Anyway, it's, it's, Whatever Brad Marchand does, that's extracurricular. Yeah, the, the, bare, the bare core of it with him is he's a fucking fantastic hockey player. Uh, Molo Talks-C-518. After all the hype on his recent performance, will Kako fall to number two? Absolutely not. Actually, oh, wait. Absolutely, yes. He will fall to number two. Okay, cool. Uh, what is the error speed velocity of an unladen swallow? 24 miles per hour? Okay, who is your daddy and what does he do? I have no idea. All right, anything, anything else you want to say, Greg? Uh, my dad is a doctor. Cool. 
Uh, song, <laughs> a song of myself, part eleven. Are there any pending RFAs the Rangers should be looking at this offseason? They should look. But there's no way they can get it done because it's too much. Right. Um, Jacob Troop is a name we've mentioned before. Braden Point's a name we've mentioned before. Mitch Marner is a name that's been mentioned. I still don't be- live in a world where I think anyone's actually going to even bother assuming that he's just resigning with Toronto. Uh, there are lower level guys that are interesting if we're sticking with Toronto. If you, if you want to try and price the Leafs out of guys like Andreas Janssen, um, it's an interesting strategy. But again, it's, it's hard to hit a price point with a restricted free agent on an offer sheet that is, one, acceptable to the player, two, damaging enough to the opposing team that they won't be able to match it, and three, not damaging enough to your own team where it's not worth the investment in the player. It's such a fine needle that you have to thread. It's just really hard. The way the NHL set up their compensation structure for offer sheets made it so nobody wants to offer anybody an offer sheet. That's not by, that's not by accident, by the way. Um, I'm pretty sure the offer sheet compensation system is set up exactly how general managers want it set up to fit their own needs. I, I just think it's unfortunate because one of the most exciting parts of the NBA offer sheet season is the teams that are specifically out there to fuck other teams over with players. It's super fun. It's super fun. And it requires you to have, be smart, unlike the NHL. I don't think that I, – I do it, – it, I'm not breaking ground here by saying NBA front offices are much more advanced than NHL front offices. But I don't think it's a matter of NHL front offices not being smart when it comes to offer sheets. They just set up this system where they can lie to the players and say, look, if – if you feel your services aren't being fairly paid, another team will swoop in, all while putting in place a system that actually prohibits teams from doing that. So I just, I just think it was, it's underhanded the way the NHL has it structured because these guys aren't even restricted free agents. They're basically just, their options are holding out or signing whatever the team offers them. And it's a little unfortunate because it takes away the enjoyment of fan interaction in the offseason, and it takes away the player's earning potential. And those are two things that – those are the purpose of the league. Pay your players, entertain your fans. And the offer sheet system set up in the NHL prohibits both those things. What a novel concept to entertain your fans and pay your players. Incredible. Uh, Psychonaut4020, good game, by the way. Uh, what kind of point production would you expect Kravstov, assuming he doesn't get sent to the Wolf Pack? I think it's irresponsible to expect him to go north of 40 points. in his. Yeah, I was going to say – 30 is that reasonable yeah i'd i'd say i'd say if he oh, scored the, guy, the guy in the next comment said 30 my bad blue line my bad <laughs> i think i think uh i think if he goes less than 30 we have to wonder what happened to his season i.e how much time did he spend in hartford was there an injury and if he goes north of 40 i think we're ecstatic so i, I think somewhere around 30 is perfect a lot of points to go around next year uh razor nine one nine nine one what are the viable options at pick 20? Good that you asked that. Drew Way will be on this podcast soon. Hi, Drew. You're probably listening to tell uh, you all about that. Drew will be on next week even. What was that? Uh, Drew's going to be on next week. Okay, wonderful. What are your thoughts on signing Matt Duchesne? I like Matt Duchesne, but it'd have to be at the right price, and I don't think that right price comes. I'm not Duchesne's biggest supporter, and I don't think I need to go into the reasons why because I, he's a guy, again, I don't feel like he's going to get less than $9 million. And I don't think that he's not, he's another guy where he's better than Kevin Hayes. So he could take a, a fringe playoff team and make them a playoff team. But I don't think he can take a rebuilding team and make them a playoff contender like the New York Rangers. So Artemi Panarin, in my mind, is the one guy that can do that. And Artemi Panarin is young enough where you're not just trying to improve the New York Rangers for this coming season. He improves your team each of the next four plus seasons. And I don't think Duchesne, I, I think there's more of a, a running clock on Duchesne than there is Panera. So he, he doesn't move the needle enough for me for it to be worth it. I will say this, if it comes down to the New York Rangers just asking themselves, we have this money burning in our wallet. Would we rather spend it on Duchesne or Carlson? I, I think you got a good argument for Duchesne. What kind of bread is Panera? White, wheat, marble, rye? 
He's definitely rye bread. You think he's rye? Yeah. I was going to say he's whole wheat, baby. It's probably true. I'm fainting. I'm starting to go. So here we go. We're getting to the nonsense section of the mailbag. Uh, I have here, fuck, marry, kill, the KZB line. This was hard. This is tough. This uh, is still tough. I'm still thinking. Uh, the, Mar- the Mary for me is easy. It's Mika Zibanejad. Um, Mika just seems like the nicest guy, and I think it's it's he's just so marryable. He's a sweet guy. Like he's just gonna take care of you. He's gonna have fun. We're gonna party. We're gonna go to DJs. Like you know, it's it's he's got everything you want in a man. But the next two are really tough because I do love Chris Kreider and I like his mustache like a lot. I'm a, I'm gonna say something that might be controversial. I'm ready. You don't think I Chris feel like attractive. Kreider and Buchnevich are both terrible lovers. Wow. I think <laughs> I'm going to – I I hate to do this because my original answer was totally different, but I think I kill Buchnevich because I agree with you, where I think Kreider has a sensual bone in his body. Um, he's, he's a give and take where, where Buch might just be like a take guy, you know? I want both of Yeah, ways. but I also think Buch would be fine being the bottom, which That's is what I was, That was my point, situation. the give or take, the take part, you know? Yeah, but I don't need to. I don't need to be given anything in this scenario. I like, you I'm know, be, I'm, I'm a special life kind of guy, Greg. I like to try everything once. That's where I'm uh, at. I'd so probably, I'd probably kill Kreider, and I'd, I'd fuck, I'd fuck the fun out of that Russian. I would kill all three to fuck Henrik Lundqvist. Okay, um, Henrik Lund, you don't get to fuck Henrik Lundqvist. He fucks you. That's true, uh, Greg. Mm. What is your biggest moment of post nut clarity you've experienced in your life? That's from New York Ranger seventeen. Oh, by the way. Juxtapose position 21 said the last question. My bad, bro. Uh, usually the, the post-nut breakthroughs I have is, oh, this isn't a girl I want to date. Like that, usually that's the, that's the moment of clarity I have where it's like, oh, this was fun, but I see this going poorly within the next week or two or three. Um, I will say there was once in senior year of college where I was, I was stuck on what I wanted my thesis to be for a paper mm-hmm. and my girlfriend came over. We had our fun. And 20 seconds later, I knew what my thesis was going to be. Um, got an A on that paper too. So maybe nice. that, maybe that I will, I'd probably, uh, I'd probably say, I probably say I make my most logical, insane relationship to decisions post coitus. I mean, th- that's like everyone, but I, I will, uh, Chime in here, and I do have the flu, so please forgive me. I think one of my – or a, a common post-nut clarity is I'm like a, a big multiple tabs guy when watching the sexual encounters online. And I open like 10 or 11. I'm not even kidding. And I'll just scroll through a couple of them as I'm going here. Just paste the picture. And after I – like the, the, the mission is finished, rather, the, the plane has landed, I usually end up laughing at some of the stuff I ended up watching. I'm like, I'm disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm disgusting. What am I doing? I like laugh. I get up, I like go brush my teeth. I'm like, I'm so miserable. <laughs> have, you ever had, have you ever had one of those moments where you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to watch this entire movie this time. I know there's, this is like a multiple part thing. And I'm going to is... get through every part. And then you get through the first part and you're done. And you're like, why would I ever think that I was going to get through multiple parts of this? As a multiple tab guy, I don't think I've ever watched a video more than five minutes in full. Period. But you've definitely had the moment where you're like, oh, this is 43 minutes. That's perfect. That's so long. And I like to, da- I like to, I, like I said, I'm a spice of life guy. Dabble around. Jeez. Well, there, you, there you go. Proud of you, bro. Thanks, buddy. We learned a lot about each other today. Um, next question. I think this is a soccer question. Yes. Can you do a Tottenham? Uh, this is from Cholo Beanbag, our good friend, I believe, Ben. Uh, can you do a Tottenham versus Liverpool Champions League preview? I know you're a big soccer guy. Let's go Rangers. Hashtag Koi. I don't know what that means. Coys uh, has come on you Spurs. It means he's a oh. fan. Okay. Uh, I got bad news. I, I think the odds of Tottenham beating Liverpool here are minimal. Uh, if I had to guess, I bet Hold you on. Tottenham's probably... Hold on. Tottenham's yeah. in the final? They are. What? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Sorry, I'm surprised. Okay. I don't know how to react to that. I mean, so... I'm guessing from where you sit, everything you heard this year was Liverpool and Man City. Right? Yes. Yep. Uh, that was in the Premier League, which is mm. the English League. Uh, Champions learning. League, you got to remember, is all of Europe. So while Manchester City was also in that league, they lost. Uh, I think in the quarters, they lost pretty early. 
all things considered. And Tottenham and Liverpool are the last two standing. So, like, Liverpool, I think, beat, like, I think Liverpool came back against Bayern Munich. Oh, not Bayern Munich. Uh, Barcelona and beat them on aggregate at the end of the day. Yeah, I'd, I'd say Liverpool is going to be the heavy favorite. I think it's it's just tough if you're Tottenham. Harry Kane's coming off injury. Their defense isn't as secure as it needs to be against a team like Liverpool. Liverpool just has so many attacking options. It And the fact that Liverpool has the player of the year, which is Virgil van Dijk, who's been the best defensive player. Former Southampton great, by the way, Virgil van Dijk. Um, a lot of former Southampton greats on Liverpool. I know Southampton fans fucking hate Liverpool. I think yeah. most English fans, like people, the people we know in England, mm-hmm. hate Liverpool. So it's it's weird that I have a somewhat positive opinion of Liverpool. The one thing I have noticed, which is fucking weird, a lot of fucking Liverpool fans on Rangers Twitter. A lot of them. It's weird, man. A lot. I don't know why everyone settled on Liverpool. Be uh, unique. Not walk alone or something. Uh, Jay Rillis. Asks, last question of the day. Greg, what do you think of the Mets after the 6-1 homestand? How badly do you think the Dodgers beat the optimism out of us? No, I have. I still don't have optimism. So you okay. don't got to worry about me, brother. Uh, okay. There, there's, I, I have a couple Twitter questions we need to get through, though. Oh, fuck. Okay. I'm still uh, they're, they're not. Our friend Lou, who I think got suspended again and had to create a new How does Lou account. keep getting suspended? It's because he chirps, he chirps MAGA people, and they report him. Ugh, okay. So just stop chirping them, Lou. I don't know what to tell you. I know they're frustrating, but you got you to gotta stop, man. Uh, his new Twitter handle, by the way, is at just Lou G. Okay. Uh, he says, would you rather pay $1,000 to bang a 10 or get paid $1,000 to bang a 2? Oh, 1000 Give me the money. Yeah, give I'm me good. the money. I'm good, dude. I'm, <laughs> Do you know where you are right now? Either way. You're in Blue Shirts Breakaway, what? man. You're, <laughs> that's where you're in Blue Shirts Breakaway. We want the money. Yeah. <laughs> Don't Please. gotta worry about us, bro. Yeah. Um, at Anglerick, sure. Angly Rich, sure. maybe Angly Rich. Sure. Uh, he asks us how high are the Rangers on keeping Brendan Lemieux? Uh, I mean, we talked about it. Lemieux's not going anywhere. He's going to be cheap next year either way. Yeah, I think it's a good contract. He, yeah, he's a uh, well, he's an RFA, so we'll see what he gets paid. But I don't think it's going to be expensive. Okay. And uh, he opened eyes when he was with us to begin the year, so. I don't hate it. Um, Friend of the podcast, at Andre the Giant, and the the E's and the I's are threes and ones. I think I know this person. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, Hey, guys, love the pod. Read somewhere the other day that the Rangers could possibly consider Duchesne instead of Panarin if they draft Kako, since he's a winger and the Rangers have a bunch of them, and would give him a one-two punch of Zibanejad and Duchesne. We we kind of answered this as well. One, definitely just it should never be Panarin or Duchesne. It's Panarin, and then if you don't get him, you can consider Duchesne. And I think you and I are on the same page where I think we're cool passing all together on Duchesne. I've said my piece. Uh, I believe those were the only ones that we needed to – oh, one more. Um, Okay. Front of the podcast, Kenny asked me specifically where I was when Johan Santana threw his Mm -hmm. no-hitter. I was at work. The last game of his career. I I, I was at work. I worked nights in Savannah, Georgia, my first job. I I think we talked that night. We might have. I think um, we did an emergency podcast. No, we did not. That was in 2012. Mm, maybe not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, I'm sick. Uh, but yeah, I worked nights. Um, mm-hmm. Luckily, my dinner was from 7 to 9.30 at that point. So I would basically run out as soon as the 6 o'clock news was done, pick up food and eat dinner at my desk to watch the Met game. So I just didn't move until the game was over. I was late quote-unquote, late clocking back in because Johan Santana was throwing a no-hitter. I watched the entire thing at a work computer, and I have no regrets about it. It was everything I wanted it to be. I get it. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at O'Ryan Mead. I'm dying. I can't believe I made it through this podcast. Greg is at Blue Shirts Break. Anything else we want to say, Gregory? I don't have anything. Do okay. you have anything? I don't nope. have anything. Nope. Uh, I have some things in store, Gregory. Some things I haven't mm-hmm. even told you about. That are coming uh, down sure the pipeline. I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. I know. It's going to be exciting stuff. It should be coming in the next two weeks. I'm going to reveal it on the podcast. And uh, everyone stay tuned. It should be fun. Uh, love you guys. We'll talk next week. Bye. You got to press stop recording.